Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about uh, the fact that you have a personal covenant with God. You have a personal covenant with God. Amen. Personal. First Kings chapter 17 is where the story uh, comes from. Um, there's a number of things I think God wants to show us in this passage of scripture. But one of the things that I want, I think he wants to impress upon us is that when we live in challenging times, we live in difficult times, uh, difficulty to one may not be difficulty to the other one. And so if difficulty comes upon your life, understand that God has the sovereign uh, right to reiterate his covenant with you. Amen. Uh, he's, he's there to cut an, a renew and cut the covenant with you again. Uh, in the way of giving you new information, reassurance, instruction, whatever it is that you need, many times we'll get into situations and the answer doesn't come to us right away. You know, it's like, well, well you know, God, that this, you know, one of the things we do is we, I thought this would never happen to me. You, you understand what I'm saying? What did I do wrong? This didn't happen to me. You know, you know how it is. We are, we, we believe God. We trust God. And we, we are people of faith, but then there's the, the scripture that says that trouble comes to everybody, amen, and to be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. But that doesn't negate the fact that you may be clueless, you may be without answers, you may need instruction. And so God has to refresh that covenant to recut with us that that knowledge and understanding that we need so in first kings chapter 17 uh you see where uh it says here in verse one and elijah the tishbite who was of the inhabitants of gilead said to ahab as the lord god of israel lives before whom i stand there shall not be dew nor rain these years but according to my word now, this is interesting because Elijah pops up out of nowhere. You don't see a reference to him prior to him speaking for God. And I believe that is true of prophets, period. Um, they're without beginning, without end. They don't need to be credentialed, quote, unquote. You understand their gift really speaks for them. Uh, more so than than most gifts because it's a tried gift it's been tried throughout the the history of god's people and it's a sovereign gift and so god can raise up prophets out of uh, wherever he wants to raise them up out of and so here we see a man coming on the scene with the word of the lord in his mouth and god will will do sovereign things like that he he has the right and the will to move sovereignly in the earth to raise up people to speak for him uh we don't have to approve of them you, you, they don't need a pedigree they don't need uh, uh some papers to prove to anybody that they're legitimate that they're you know we as believers should have enough relationship with god to be able to judge these things you got me uh, by the spirit and so just when we think we get comfortable knowing who's who and what's what and what's going on amen 
somebody like Kanye West pops up and starts having church. And then, oh, I remember he said, well, he said, well, you said a lot of stuff when you was a sinner, too. You understand? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not speaking for or against him, but I'm going to tell you something that I preached over the years. And that is when a move of God is beginning, the move of God that's ending will fight the new move. Amen. Remember you had baby number two and he was so cute and you thought his big brother really liked him and you caught him one time making him cry. You understand what I'm saying? And so that kind of thing goes on in God's family as well. And see, it's good to hold your peace and let God reveal what you need to know. You know, to be honest with you, if you're not in his, in his congregation, you can leave him alone. You don't have to have anything to say about him one way or the other. You understand what I'm saying? You got a church. You got a ministry. Stay with what God told you to do. Amen. And let him take care of his servants. Amen. Nobody has to prove anything to anybody around here that they be of God. Amen. And so we have to be careful not to fall into the age-old trap of trouble in the household, sibling rivalry. The older kids uh, don't know how to be mature and let the new kids make their way into the situation. You got me into the kingdom. And so we do have to be careful of things like that. And and to prove that God has the right to raise people up sovereignly, here you have Elijah the Tishbite. Amen? People have tried historically to find out what Tishbite means. And they think it's because he came from a place called Tishba, but they can't even find that on a map nowhere. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no historical, geographical place for where he came from. But he was from that region. That was his heritage. But he lived among the inhabitants of Gilead. Amen. And he said to Ahab, as the Lord God lives, this is how people speak when they swear. Amen. Now, we don't do that in this dispensation because of the Holy Spirit. You know, God says, let your yea be yea and your nay be yea. Nay, anything else comes from the devil. Amen. You know, unless you're in the mafia. You know how they talk. They swear on my grandmother's eyes. If you're in the mafia, you can go on and do that kind of stuff. Well, we ain't no mafia up in here. Amen. So Jesus said you you don't have the power to, to swear an oath to your own words. Amen. God has to back your words up. It says, and the word of the Lord came to him again, saying, verse 3, Get thee hence, or you leave from here, and turn eastward, and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Now, this prophet is under some severe pressure. When God says, hide yourself, that means he's keeping himself invisible from humans. Amen. So whenever the, the problem with Israel is that they were backslidden. You know Ahab and Jezebel, they served Baal. And so they did a lot of wickedness. They drew the people off from serving God. And when God's done with some, he's done with it, folks. You understand what I'm saying? When he decides to move, he moves, and he doesn't care 
what we think about it if we think it's the right thing to do the wrong thing to do who's involved that's my favorite preacher you sitting down with bye boy bye you understand what i'm saying and just keep moving amen god god will give you a minute to feel bad about it and then he'll ask you how long are you gonna mourn for this person i done fired him already if i'm done with him you be done with him amen and just keep it moving and so here here uh elijah is is under threat from king ahab because if if ahab wanted a prophet that spoke the word of the lord he'd be going to see him instead of having jezebel and her buddy cook something up cook up some false prophecies for him amen and so god tells him now you got to go and go on the run and hide but ahab has an insurance policy i mean uh elijah i'm sorry has an insurance policy and it's at the end of verse one he says there will not rain show up again except according to my word so my word is causing the rain to stop but my word has to release the rain again so it's a warning to ahab to let him live got it so that's his insurance policy but in the meantime he's got to be on the run why because ahab has already captured all of god's prophets and killed them so there's like a hundred of them left and they're being hidden by another prophet and and elijah has has knowledge of it but this is a time where god's people are under severe persecution they have to stay away from the public eye and only come out and speak when god tells them to speak see that's a real way to find out who really is a prophet of god let somebody go about threatening to kill them and see how many of them want to have a word for everybody you understand what i'm saying just a thought just a thought huh but i remember back in the day where if they found out you knew anything about gifts or anything they chased you out every church you went to you know we were so used to going and sitting in the back row test out the temperature see if anybody knows who you are the minute they start to see god on you you got to get up and run amen you just couldn't stay there because they start lying on you run you out of there do anything say anything to get rid of you amen and so this this way of life is is definitely by the book i don't care what era prophets live in it's never going to be easy for them it's they're never going to be widely accepted they're going to be fought why because god's fought amen amen if 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 god is his word is fought by sinners and fought by religious people in the church you're going to be fought too if you speak uh totally for god so god tells him to go hide yourself bright by the brook cherith which is before jordan and it shall be that you will drink of the brook and i have commanded the ravens to feed you there so here we have a i call it a unique covenant because it breaks a few rules here huh you know god has ways of directing his servants so that they can live and the message can live too so the brook cherith was a part of the jordan river 
it is not certain where it flows but it, it's probably within the nation of israel okay so god tells him stay in the nation of israel but lay low there is a famine going on and at some point that brook may dry up if it doesn't rain and so elijah knows that his time at the brook may be limited which means that he's going to have to continue to check in with God on a regular. See, there are certain times in your life where you have to be with God 24-7. You, got, you just can't go like, I don't know when's the last time I read my word. I don't know when's the last time I, you know, to yourself. You ain't going to confess that to me. Please, saints ain't that honest. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> We act like, oh, praise the Lord. He's worthy. Hallelujah. You know, just running off at the mouth like we really in the word all the time. But anyway, <laughs> you know, and so you're going to have to get to the point where you understand that I got to walk a little, I got to hold tighter to God's unchanging hand up in here. I can't let the, you know, I can't let this go the way I used to let it go. When not a whole lot was going on. I know how it is. Listen, I've been serving God over 35 years. And I know there are times where it's real exciting what God wants you to do. And then it's like, oh boy, not another year of the same prayers over and over again. And, you know, it, it's it's like a marriage. <laughs> it goes through ups and downs. Amen. Now, if you think, you know, I hear I hear these young people say, oh, my marriage ain't going to be like that. And Pastor Bob, she, she didn't get old now, you know. <laughs> it will. Amen. You trust me, you ain't going to be running around here scraping off the ceiling and being all excited about that brother sit there with that remote in his hand and he ain't moved in 10 years and... The only thing that's happened is a bigger screen that got in front of it. Yeah, I said it. So what? And women, y'all, and went from wearing this, having date night and going out. I'm like, shop for date night. Right. Got the most stale pajamas on. You know, the front is fading. You turn it around to the back. Now I got a fresh, it's got a fresh face on it. Huh? Hello. It's the truth. So God has to breathe fresh life into y'all. Me too. Got to breathe fresh life into all of us. Amen. Amen. And those of you who think I'm lying, I know some of you married people think you got it going on out there. Amen. How you think, oh my, our marriage ain't like that. It's exciting. It will get there. Because you're going to get tired just like everybody else. Amen. And God will breathe new life on it for you at the appropriate time. Because <laughs> he know you get tired. huh? You know, you get married, you don't have to work so hard. He ain't going nowhere and you ain't either. You know, we get that way about God sometimes. We can't work or quit working so hard. You know, it's time for me to ease up and relax. Huh? Let a notch out on the belt. All of that stuff. Hello. Uh-huh. Don't be sitting up there acting confused. You know I'm telling the truth. Uh, we all want to relax. And it ain't the end of your relationship. 
How dare you think that? Huh? It's not the end of your relationship. You just learn how to love each other better for different things. Oh, y'all go across the street. So we'll go over to the dollar store until I finish it. Huh? Yeah, stay with me. It's not going to be that bad. You, you'll survive it. Amen. Anyway. You know, I see people getting all squirrely and crazy. You know, preachers do this. They, in the body of Christ, all the preachers went through a phase of got to go and get some uh, a personal trainer. I can't let myself go. She ain't going nowhere. You you got a covenant with God that takes you through middle age. Y'all quit trying so hard. Maybe you get to know each other. But for real though. So Cherith. It's an interesting place. Amen. That word actually means cutting or covenant. So it's a place of covenant. Amen. It also means to cut off, cut down, to make in writing. It's the same root word that was used for Abraham when he circumcised all the males in the household. So the brook Cherith means when you go there, God is either going to explain, expand, or renew or modify his covenant with you. Or it might be the first time you're aware you have a covenant with God. That you can actually ask him things and he will actually give you answers. He will make it in writing what it is. He will make it plain to you what you're supposed to do. So Elijah then begins, comes to Cherith, and he gets plain instruction from God how to preserve his life, how to to do his ministry. It's a place of um, development because things have slowed down here. Up till now, we only know Elijah giving this one prophecy. Now, he might have given more. We don't know. We don't know where he came from. He might be a well-known prophet. He might not be well-known at all. But this is the first time he shows up in the Bible. And this is what we need to understand. So he gives the word of the Lord to Elijah, and the rain stops at his word. When God gives you something that is... Earth-changing, life-changing, changing a nation, very significant like that. He has to protect you from yourself. See, Elijah is here more for Elijah than he is to hide from Ahab. You got me? Because Elijah can stay here as long as God feeds him as long as God wants him to be here but God has something in mind for this man to help him to understand how to hear from God how to be faithful to speak only what God tells him to speak because God has put an anointing in his mouth now that is life or death to a whole nation of people 
you don't get them kind of words you don't get them on facebook this is for somebody this ain't that this is a word from god that he releases through the mouth of a prophet that we don't even know where he came from we don't know if he came through samuel's school of the prophets we don't know what his pedigree is we have no idea what it is but god has put a word in him and then sealed up the promise of another word coming through him that's going to change a whole nation it has to be timed perfectly it has to be brewed perfectly it has this man has got you need more training from god after he first starts to use you than you ever did before he ever uses you you don't just go running out prophesying everybody have a word for everybody and got you know people running around here waiting for you and calling you every day from for a word from them you don't get that some of them are earth changing some of them are people changing the earth changing people have to live in a different level with god than the people changers you got me people changers can also be earth changers but i'm telling you if god has held up and and is a whole nation is on the verge of starving to death because of your word then god has to put you in a place where not only they respect your word but you got to respect it too you can't be the type of person that wants to show off your gift and let everybody god i gave that big word over there when are you gonna put me on tv so then cherith gets to be the place of waiting until you're ready he's not just hiding from ahab and the prophets of baal and he's not just sitting there being fed by the ravens and and getting water from the brook just to keep him alive he is being trained in waiting on god because as of right now he's only had one thing he did in ministry that we know of and that was this word right here so he's got one prophecy to his credit and he's shut down in hiding not saying anything for god not doing anything for god waiting on god to tip for his timing as to what to say and when to say it and i'm telling you you get more training as a prophet keeping your mouth shut than you do getting on facebook having a word for everybody every day because if nobody has to be sure when they hear from god the prophet has to be sure you got to be sure and you don't you're not sure if you go on facebook and say this i don't know who this is for you need to shut up and y'all need to quit reading them stupid fortune telling horoscope type prophecies you show me in the bible where any prophet was released to i don't know who this is for
What did God tell Elijah? He said, go to Ahab and talk to him. He didn't tell him to go out in the street and say, I don't know who this is for. You indict yourself. You don't want to be responsible for what you say. That's a dead giveaway right there. And quit reading them. You'll stay confused. You're not that desperate. Go read your Bible. If you're desperate to hear from God, read your Bible. Verse 5, he went and did according to the word of the Lord. So the prophet's got to be obedient to God just like everybody else does. For he went and dwelled by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the evening. So here God is being true to his word that he spoke to the prophet. He says, go there. I've already told the ravens to sustain you. And he's let him know that he is going to survive. God is a merciful God. He won't tell you to go somewhere uh, just to see if you're going to obey him. God has purpose in what he tells us to do. You got me? He knows already what you're going to do. Trying to see if you're going to obey him. He knows if you'll obey him or not. But he wants to make your your steps and your activities purposeful. Amen? So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt at the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him, just as God said, flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So Elijah stays at that brook, but only for a season. Probably he had to watch it, you know, how it is when it's the water's plentiful, even though it hasn't rained. There's water stored up in the Jordan River. And this little bit that trickles out in that brook is his portion. So probably over a period of time, he's seen it go from a, a, a free-flowing, free abundant water to getting less and less and less, and then a trickle, and then finally one day it dries up. He has to stay patient before God. Hmm? For those of us who got to see something all the time, got to know what's happening all the time. I remind you, he's a prophet of God. He's gifted to hear what God wants to say, but he's limited to what God says. He can't make up something or demand God tell him something because he'd be more comfortable if God showed it to him. There are many times in our lives where we have to survive supernaturally. This And it's not like people god's people hadn't been through this before remember manna that came every day they couldn't uh, collect enough for several days for those insecure people they had to learn how to trust god day by day for their daily bread and just enough for the day because it would not even if they tried to save it overnight it molded before they even got a chance to use it the next day 
why because god doesn't want us dependent upon ourselves for anything he wants us to stay in constant contact with him this was part of his training he's looking at the supply and wondering when it's going to run out he knows it's going to run out at some time but he's stuck say for instance there's another brook 10 miles away that's still flourishing he can't go there even if he knows it exists why god told him to stay right there at that place where he cut covenant with him see this is to show us that if you stay in obedience to the word of the lord to you personally for you that word will pay off for you at all times if you go off and try to do what you see somebody else doing you got me try to copy how they you know you know i see people using all kind of old old testament hebrew names for god and then they got a bunch of other people using it you know get out and go win a soul can you please go do something for god why y'all playing around with his names you know they be calling god yabba dabba do on their fall we ain't no none of them read no hebrew and even been in no bible but now you got a bunch of followers because you didn't found an old hebrew name for god and you want everybody call him that and that's your club now everybody's sitting up on facebook and the neighbors going to hell and the kids going to hell and everybody going to hell and you playing religious games with god's name get up and go do something i'm in a good mood though i you know i i love y'all but you know what i'm saying you know i mean it's foolishness we got one command go ye into all the world and get off facebook if it's gonna make you stupid get off of there preach the gospel to every creature we don't need a selfie a day from you i saw you the last time you put that little mug of yours on there that's why i quit liking everything i was trying to be nice but i say these people ain't these people don't know how to stop you can't be nice to you can't give them a nice like just just because i want to be nice click hmm? <laughs> You need to know that God must sustain the righteous. I don't care what happens in the country, the city, wherever you live. People start telling you stuff like, ain't no more jobs here. That's a lie. Because if you here, there's got to be a job here for you. You got me? He never punishes the righteous with the wicked. Huh? I don't care what you just did. You better get on your face and suck carpet until you know you set free from you your burden Mm -hmm. so he has to sustain the righteous even though ahab and jezebel their leaders were baal worshipers that doesn't mean nothing that everybody else in the congregation is don't go down with them amen go to your little secret place and, and find you a priest somewhere who can get you in touch with god but you you do your thing you don't let just because it's it's corrupt people it's corrupt people in every government folks Hmm? so that doesn't mean anything for you we're still righteous people and god will take care of us amen amen 
Elijah prophesied the drought because of their disobedience to God. Lean times, no income, national famine, all kinds of challenges will come through, through people's disobedience and not serving God. Drought also refers to a lack of revelation of God. Amen? God may be hard to find sometimes. You know, he may give you and, and reiterate things he has told you in the past, but nothing new to cause a breakthrough to come in your situation comes real easily. But you need to know that as a righteous person, you will press through. At some point, you will have your breakthrough. Amen? Many times people in a, a nation will suffer because there's unrighteousness in the laws that govern that nation. Like our nation is pro-abortion. They, they pro-everything. You understand what I'm saying? They're running out of things to be pro, and I'm so glad because they'll they'll start to turn back to the Lord. You know, when you run out, there's God. Amen? We got schools with liberal educators. All these things cause lack in our in our national scene, amen, because God is not he's not going to bless things that don't line up with his word. Many times we have households with with absent parents, neglectful parents, all of that. It causes a famine to fall on a household. Children lack discipline. They like food, lack necessary things. There's some disobedience somewhere. Amen. When you come back into obedience, you'll be fine with God. Yeah, y'all didn't like that, but that's okay. Amen. I don't care if you do it out of ignorance. Disobedience is ignorance is no excuse for disobeying God. Amen. That's a when you start finding lack, that's a, a time to cry out to God and he will show you what his law commands you to do. He wants you to start obeying it. That's how we learn. So just know that God will always sustain the righteous. Your, tri- your, your time at the Brook Cherith is a time for you to uh, uh, re- reactivate your covenant, get clarity on it, understand the unique instruction that God may have you uh, under. We know that ravens were unclean birds. Uh, Israelites were they stayed away from them because they were forbidden to touch by God but here God uses a raven to bring to feed his prophet amen and so God will sometimes put the unorthodox thing in your life to sustain you huh now I'm not talking about somebody else's husband or wife God had Israel avoid certain things just as a reminder for them to seek God. There were times when there were laws that were broken, period. For instance, the um, uh, priests are not supposed to work. Nobody's supposed to work on the Sabbath. But the priests broke the Sabbath all the time because they had to work. Come on now. God made the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. We don't serve a day. We serve God, and that day serves us. But if the priests don't work, how is anybody going to get to hear from God? 
So God let them know, listen, I make rules for, for, for general things. Now the Sabbath means quit chasing the dollar. It meant it then, it means it now. So we got people coming to church on Sunday, but they chasing the dollar anyway. So they're breaking the Sabbath law anyhow. Think about it. Huh? Come to church and can't wait to get out so you can go do your Uber or your Lyft. Your side hustle. So the brook Cherith finally dries up. Amen. But that doesn't mean Elijah is out from under the Cherith system. Because at Cherith, he cut a separate covenant with God to sustain him totally through the drought. That's what this is for. For the man of God to be sustained through the drought, but also to keep his spirit strong, to keep him connected to God so that he doesn't peter out on what needs to be done because he's got to release the word of God for the rain to come back again. So God has to take care of the prophet because he's still very much necessary. Don't think because you're not running around and God's using you 24-7 that you're not necessary. That's somebody else's program. You can only follow your program. You have a covenant with God that covers what you are supposed to do, your gift, your calling, your abilities, your time. All of that is already booked up in God. You don't have time to go imitate somebody else or wish you were somebody else. Huh? I'd like to have full seats too, but the seats that are full is, you know, kind of, you know what I'm saying? They have a piece of work right up in there. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't want to be a, a, a halfway preacher. They get every seat filled, and then I don't know people. They don't know me. They don't get help. They don't get taught. You understand what I'm saying? So I learned how to chill and just let God do what God do. The Bible says he added to the church daily such as would be saved. So I'm believing him to add continually who needs to come in and all that kind of stuff. You can't rush God. Most churches, the ones you see on TV, they're built on on uh, PR work more than they are prayer. PR is in public relations, not P-R-A-Y-E-R. You got me? Seriously, a lot of these people run these ministries. They let the other people pray. We got prayer warriors here to take your call 24-7. And they don't know how to go straight home. I'm going to leave that right there. Because I'm going to this. Cherith is a place of hiding. We all have cherith experiences. God needs to hide you from yourself. And he needs to hide you from the words of people. Saints will build you up one minute and knock you down the next. Huh? And these are people we love in the church, but people are people. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I don't want to just be hard on the saints, but same thing with people in the world. 
they'll beat you up one day and then you know want to be your friend take you to dinner the next one come on you need to learn to listen to god it's not a sin to be alone huh it's not a sin to be by yourself i'm gonna go to dinner let's go to dinner you know to me dinner is more than just going to eat somewhere that's cutting the covenant we we gotta have something in common that we can share you just want to eat don't eat (laughs) i'm serious you know what else can i say folks it is we have dinner here you know i had to fall out with somebody we we have friends and family day at, at both our locations uh you know and or we did in detroit we have such a small group of people we just eat all the time anyway up in there but you know we don't we don't stand on no ceremony but you know in cleveland you know and, and the purpose of it to me i thought was to share covenant fellowship with people and get to know people and new people this is your opportunity to quit feeling so isolated and like everybody's looking at you and get to know these people you keep running from every time it's time to close the doors you know that kind of stuff i thought it was normal we had people that would come and thought it was carry out i said oh no 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 darling you don't carry nothing out here you understand what i'm saying and this was every single time and they didn't wait until people were served. They wanted theirs first. I said, oh, no, you don't. Now, that portion belongs to God. Who do you think you are around here? Well, they don't come back anymore. I, just, I didn't mean to run them off. but I know. I didn't think I was too strong. I didn't say anything to them. I just told the servers, don't serve them. Come get in line, go take a seat, get whatever. This is this is not ministry of the watchman carry out. This is a fellowship. This is a church. Come in here and act like you got some manners. If you don't learn some, you're here to learn some manners. You know, women, you let your family run here and there, come in, run in and grab a plate, run in and grab wait a minute hold it this ain't no open state kitchen open 24 7 we ain't going there we all sit down together you bless that food and don't don't chew with your mouth hanging open you know learn some table manners you going somewhere in life you gonna sit before kings one day you need to learn how to sit down at a table and eat with people i know you're nervous about it you'll get over it So Cherith is is a place of provision or an orthodox provision. It's a place of hiding. And it's a place of waiting on God. Knowing that at some point, limited resources, it's not a place of abundance, folks. It's a place of limited resources. It may be a permanent place and it may be temporary, but you're going to have to let God decide that. Many times we're waiting for our lives to take off, but God tells us to step out of the spotlight and hide ourselves. 
And that's what happened to Elijah. You you grow on the inside if you don't have so much outside pressure. Huh? You do. You grow on the inside. That's why I say y'all, you know, you know, just let Kanye West alone. I don't believe y'all mess with him, but when you see people messing with him with comments, don't make your comments too. Just pass that one up. You don't have to comment on everything. People are so prideful. They think everybody's waiting to see what they have to say about something. People don't even know who you are. Seriously. You see them jump on there. Well, what I know about this is you don't know nothing about this. Well, yeah, I've been praying for you. Have not, you liar. Take that off of there. All the people in the Bible that God used mightily had a hidden period in their lives. They had a Cherith experience. Abraham had no seed for 20 years. We don't count Ishmael, folks, okay? Jacob hid from Esau for over 15 years because he'd stolen from him. Joseph was in prison for over 13 years. Jesus was hidden in Egypt. Amen? When he was an infant. So everybody that God uses has this exclusive time where they must stay attentive to God's word. You've got to learn his voice in a brand new way. Now, Elijah knew his voice because he heard his voice to prophesy to, to, the, to the man of God. Sometimes that's the easiest thing to hear God's voice in, that spoken word that comes out through a different unction you got me the the spirit of prophecy has a different unction on it it's not just conversational you understand what i'm saying that's why it gets your attention and affects you in a certain way you got me because there's a different anointing on it when it's a spirit of prophecy amen you know people come up to the come to our meetings and want to prophesy to somebody else and i'll ask him i said well do you mind if i listen while you prophesy well what you mean i said oh here we go that ain't that ain't god's spirit right there this i know huh or when they come up and want to say something i said well i would let you but i don't discern the spirit of prophecy on you what you mean i said oh here we go again People think you just get up and talk. So I just let them stay puzzled for a long time. I don't even try to explain. You know, some things you can't explain. You try to explain yourself to devils, you wind up arguing with them and getting all ugly and foaming at the mouth. And then I got to go to the altar. Thinking about y'all. Sometimes we need to just ask God to open our eyes so you can see how many demons follow you and come to meetings and want to get involved in your life and want to sweet talk you and know your weaknesses and know your this and your that. Gee, get real. Draw the line on some stuff. So all people that God uses mightily have a cherith experience in their lives somewhere your chair of experience is god's ordained time for you don't blame it on mean people in your life you got me 
well, they won't let me, and they won't let me do this. They won't let me speak. They won't let me. They know I'm called. They won't let me get in. They don't let women get up and read. They don't let, they don't let. Don't blame your cherith on man. It's God that won't let. You just ain't ready for everything. You have no idea how he wants to use you. Now, Elijah's getting ready to move, and so far he's had one thing he did in ministry. By the time the drought's over, he'll have all of three things he did for God. Don't think because you get word here, word there, and word there, and word there, that it's all God and it's all wonderful. Sometimes we need to just have a silent period of time and get quiet before God. You understand what I'm saying? Collect yourself. You know, prophets who are really, really exercised in the gift, you know, they can go on Facebook, find a word for everybody on there, a real word. But real people don't roll like that. Not trying to merchandise the gift at all. You know, you can walk by people and God, you start sensing things that God, you know, understands about them. That don't mean he's telling you to blab it all the time. I mean, seriously, some things, you know, you just you just understand by the spirit of God. You understand so that you can relate to people properly. You understand so that you can intercede for them properly. So your cherith experiences help you to discern what God's why he's telling you what he's telling you and who it's for. Sometimes it's just for you to understand people better. Prophets who don't understand people just really ain't doing their job. You understand what you just read them by the flesh and all that kind of stuff. It's just not right. It's not right. It never fails. You know, somebody will be cutting up, wanting to quit God and all this kind of stuff, and then God will start showing me who they are. You understand? And I still don't blab it. I said, well, God, if you want me to tell them, just bring them before me or whatever. You know, you set the condition for the. I'm not ready. <laughs> Get a life. So if you're waiting on your life to take off, just cool your jets, okay? Slow your roll a little bit. Wait until God makes you. Cherith is also a place of a new covenant or a nuance in your old covenant, expansion. You see that through the life of Abraham. God continued every time he met Abraham, I am your, I'm, I'm your uh, peace, your shield, and your exceeding great reward. And I will make your children as a, you know, the same thing over and over and over again. As it gets closer to the time, God sets a date on it. God knew the date for more than, than, what was it, almost 20 years? God knew the date way back then. Why didn't he tell Abraham? 
All those years are years of proving. Huh? Because we can cancel the date real fast with a bunch of nonsense. All we have to do is step out of God's provision, step out of his covenant, get exasperated, get exhausted, get tired of waiting. All the stuff we threaten to do. There's a manna aspect of the Cherith experience. It's supernatural feeding. We have to know how to rely on God totally, or we will run out of natural provision and have to rely on him supernaturally anyway. You understand what I'm saying? We don't like it, but you can't put it off forever. There has to come a season where you are totally given over to trusting God, period. You can't, you can't see it. You can't feel it. All you, all you can know is he loves you and you believe it's coming. You understand what I'm saying? You have to be able to live like that and still live in joy and still respond to God when he gives you work to do. And still, you understand what I'm saying? You've got to do. You've got to learn to live like that. So the brook dries up before the drought ends. Amen. That's verse 7. Verse 8, and the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. Now this is not a, 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 a there no, this is not an Israelite, this is a heathen nation. And live there. What? Me? Live around sinners? I, you know, I, I just can't concentrate. You know how some people, when they get saved, they're the only saved person in the house. They want to lead a husband and the kids because they can't concentrate on God. I can't serve God with all that going on around me. So it, he said, behold, a widow woman, um, he says, oh, verse 9, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. Go to the place that God's prepared for you. Don't go to the place that looks good. Remember Lot and and Abraham? Abraham, their, their herdsmen started fighting. There was not enough land for his cattle, both their cattle, both their herdsmen. And Abraham told Lot, he said, look, all of this land is before us. So Lot chose what looked nice. And it was a den of iniquity. Abraham had to finally go and rescue Lot from the place that looked good. Lot should have learned how to listen to God and go to a place of God's choosing. This was Lot's opportunity to learn how to trust God for himself. God would have chosen a better place for him. But Lot looked up and it looked nice and looked like he wouldn't have much work to do. And he said, okay, I think I'll go there. Abraham said, I'll just go follow God. You got me? Lot winds up in trouble, loses part of his family. Why? Because he's going to a place that's not assigned for him. He had no business in Sodom and Gomorrah. You got me? Now, if God sends you there, he will give you the grace to sustain you there. But he goes, he tells Elijah to go to a heathen people 
and live in a widow's house. Widows don't have money. Well, God, I don't know why you would set me up with a a, a, a little church that can't pay me no offering. You ever pray about whether God wants you to do something or not? If you're a real servant of God, you'll go regardless. You'll say, well, God, you got to provide the money for me to go there because if they can't pay me, you understand what I'm saying? i got to get there. And so there are many times where God will put in your making and in your grooming, and we're always being made and groomed, okay? You're going to have these experiences. You're going to have high drought. You're going to have very little. You're going to have some situations where money gets away from you quickly. Things get away from you quickly. Amen? If your parents were grown children, you got to look for them and start marching right back in the door again. After they marched out and said they were living on their own, they can march right back in again someday. You understand me? And so you have to be ready for all of these just to trust God through them. So God tells him when the brook dries up, he says, go to this widow. And and so verse 10, he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now, how did he know she was the one? Uh-huh. Those months of or a year, however long it was, with nobody in sight, nothing coming but the ravens in the morning and in the evening, what do you think was going through his mind that whole time? He's there doing nothing. He's not fussing at God because he wants his ministry to take off. God, you're using all them other people over there. They don't know half of the Bible I know. I've seen they stuff on Facebook. I've seen they preach and all they do is say is yes, amen, yes, amen, 15 times. And I get sick of hearing that. Why ain't you using me? See, your chair of experience can make you or break you. It can be a wealth of understanding of God for the time you're out of commission with your normal stuff you usually do. It's also a proving ground to show you You know what, God, I ain't been doing a lot of the stuff I usually do, and I'm still here. I'm still breathing. Nobody misses me, so to speak. You know what I'm saying. Nobody's calling me up, blowing up my phone, trying to get me to come here, there, and everywhere. What's going on? You're being made into what God wants you to be instead of being, listen, God pulls you out of commission just in time for him to start to do the things he really wants to do in you. Well, I've been being obedient. Oh, no, this is a higher order. This is a higher order of obedience right here. Because sometimes when God is your only companion, you get to know what a real friend is like. Sometimes when it's just you and him and you got to talk to him and you got to understand and you depend on him for minute to minute encouragement so you don't get discouraged and just say, I give up. Huh? When you get like that, then you're about to be made into the image of Christ. That's what God's after all along. He ain't. Listen, the world is not going to 
fall off the off its pedestal because you don't get up and do what you do or what you think you call to do every day huh we got one savior that's all we need we're all servants from then on in so he goes and he talks to this woman he knows she's the one somehow because of his time with god he knows she's the one and so he told her bring me i pray thee a morsel of bread in your hand and she said as the lord your god thy god liveth i have not a cake but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil in a cruise and behold i'm gathering two sticks that i may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die so here's somebody else on the verge of starving to death just like the prophet is on the verge of starving to death quit looking for people that you think got something to bless you with quit looking for people that everybody thinks is important huh god can bring prosperity out of anything he can bring goods out of anybody he can he can manufacture he's looking for somebody to depend on him to manufacture something seen from what's not visible because god's got everything out there in glory he's just looking for somebody who's going to put aside everything else and do what he tells him them to do so he can press you in to get some of those hidden treasures of darkness get some of those unique revelations that are going to carry you in peace throughout and you can preach peace to other people who are about to give up on god you understand me i'm sure when he heard widow he thought oh my goodness and a heathen one at that no telling what i'm gonna run into god but by that time he was so accustomed to god's voice and the brook dries up he'll take any word he can get from god you got me and run with it and that's what god wants us to do is sometimes we're so bankrupt of revelation from god that the first time he speaks to us we treasure it amen and see this is the problem with a lot of prophecy running around we don't value the word of god because we listen to too many crazy people who don't value it either i look at some of these people they they haven't even been saved five or ten years and already they telling everybody else what to do that's why your husband divorced him you're too bossy now you done bought it into the body of christ well we don't want it either bunch of bossy crazy people Then the men, they act, none but ex-pimps. Tell you, you know, they say in their resume, I used to I used to do this, do that. And I'm, oh, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Because you still might be trying to pimp somebody. Get your cash app off there after you want to give somebody a prophecy. So God moves the prophet right into enemy territory. He's been hiding from Ahab all this time. Now he's in enemy territory. Sometimes when God puts you in a situation with believers around you, it's to teach you how to discern good from evil. You're you're moving into a place of fine-tuning. See, before he was by himself, didn't have to worry about anybody. God didn't even bring humans to him. He had no human contact the whole time he lived at that brook. 
Now, all of a sudden, he's in enemy territory. So when you have no human contact, what's the only voice you know? It's the voice of God. So your first cherif phase in the brook cherif, cherif experience is for you to know God's voice. Inside, outside, backward, forward, go here, go there, and be obedient to it so you can stay connected to the voice. When the second phase, God moves you into fine discernment. You're around sinners. You're around all kinds of stimulation, all kinds of words, and you've got to filter through that and still hold on to what God tells you. You can't be seduced off of listening to something else. Case in point, you're, you're believing God for total healing. You know, you've got to stay under the words. You've got to stay here stay there. All of a sudden, you, people start coming up to you and offering you remedies. Huh? Well, don't get mad at them. They're just doing the devil's job. God's using that to get your dependence on natural things out of you. Are you going to stand on the word? Well, of course I'm going to stand on what we're going to find out. Huh? This is going to be proven right here. Don't mind God proving his word in you, folks. It'll all work out good. You got Romans 8, 28, all right? Don't get nervous about something. So he has to depend on a heathen widow to take care of him. Elijah told her, fear not, just go and do as you have said. But, but, make me a cake first. Bring it to me. And after that for you and your son. What kind of man of God is that? Taken from a widow. He's obeying God. Huh? If she don't obey God, she's going to die too. Huh? In fact, she probably wasn't the only widow that God could have used to sustain him. She's just on the list. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, verse 14, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And then the barrel of meal did not waste, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. So that's two prophecies that the wonderful man of God has given throughout his life, the life of his ministry. Just two. Amen. You may not get to do much for God for a season. But know that if you obey him, he's making you. Huh? He's doing what he wants to do in us. We have no idea what needs to be done in order to accomplish God's total will in our lives. We just know some stuff. But these periods where we may have to withdraw from people, except for the voice of God, where we may have to sit it out for a season. And, and, oh, boy, the embarrassment. Now i got to tell people. I don't, you know, I'm not going to go. I can't go here. No, you just tell them. Huh? You don't owe people any kind of explanation or apology for your life. Your life is yours to spend with God. Huh? When God tells you to shut it down, shut it down. 
you know, there are people, God will lead me sometimes to respond to people and help them out or pray for them or something. But when God says, now, wait a minute, you know, this is my time with you. I tell him, I said, well, listen, darling, I got to shut it down for a while until you hear from me again. You understand what I'm saying? Because people want to occupy your time. They want, you know, and I can tell when it's coming. Oh, I just really appreciate you as a woman of God. I said, yeah, me too. Quit blowing up my phone now. This is God's time you're trying to horn in on. You understand what I'm saying? You have to live like that, folks. You have to live with no needs except for what God puts into your life. If you need people to pump you up, build you up, encourage you every day, or you just moping around, it, just go spend some more time with God. You need one of these kind of experiences. It's good for you. You understand me? It's good for you because it will keep you out of the snare of the enemy. When you get your money, you'll be able to hold on to it. Amen? When you get your healing, you'll be able to hold on to it. When you get your promotion in God and your ministry, you'll be able to run with God until Jesus comes. You got me? But we can't hasten God to do things that we think he's supposed to do for us based on what he's doing for somebody else. Elijah was more famous for what he did for the man of God that was under him than what he did in his own ministry. You think about it, you count them up. But what he had was highly valuable. Because as far as we know, he's the only prophet that released a double portion of his spirit to to one of his students because there was enough worked in him where he had enough for what he was called to do and to sustain the nation of Israel to another man of God throughout his ministry. And Elisha had twice as many miracles as Elijah did. So there's something to this Cherith experience that pays great big dividends, not just for the man of God, but also for what he's going to leave in the earth through another vessel. And so if you've got enough for you and the generation after you, you've done highly more than most of the people you see on television. Do you understand what I'm saying? So stay in your little place. Stay in your you know what I'm saying. Get in get in your box and, and don't get out and quit daydreaming about what you want to do for God. You understand what I'm saying? Because he has such things you have no clue what this earth needs. But God does. And he's grooming his body, his bride, his people to fulfill that need. But I'm telling you, not enough of us submit to this grooming you understand what I'm saying? We've got a lot of green bananas giving off words of the Lord. And we've got to, God's got to have a people he can depend on to not want to blow up overnight. You understand what I'm saying? Not want to be famous and give a word to everybody. Because I believe God puts in each vessel enough of his spirit to sustain them through the life of their ministry. But how many of them peter out after a few years? Many, many more than survive to elderly. And you know what I'm saying. You can count them on one hand almost. And they're still going strong like the day they started to the day they leave the earth. Not many. 
because we don't value the making of God versus what we think we want to do with our gift. Amen. All right, we'll stop. Father, thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for blessing your people. Father, we know you're doing great things in us, and we are patient people. We're patient, and we know what you're doing. We understand that in quietness and confidence is our strength, that you give us the audience you want us to have. You give us the ministry you want us to have. You give us the time with you that you want us to have. So we thank you, Lord, for these making experiences, that they are rich in you. And this is what we desire most, to be rich in you, Father. And there's no, no two ways about it. And we thank you that we can accept that and glory in it in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and we'll.